what? I got a fever. You give me fever. Fever. In the morning. A fever all through the night. Welcome to episode 29 of the Dynasty Fever podcast. I'm Brian. My new co-host, Jesse, is running behind. He'll be joining us hopefully soon. Uh, And today uh, we're going to talk about some rookies. And we're going to do that with some special guests. Uh, They are uh, Brandon and Corey uh, from uh, Debbie Dashboard. Uh, So before we get into sort of, you know, the dashboard, the notion, uh, the slack and and all that jazz, just want to... uh, Corey, you go first. You know, how long have you sort of been into fantasy and, and been a, a content creator and that sort of thing? Oh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, thanks for having me, first of all. Glad to be here, Brian. Um, you know, I've, been, I've probably been playing fantasy for about 13 years. I actually had to think about this when you showed me uh, the show sheet. I remember one of my first years was uh, the Brett Favre Vikings year. That was one of the first. I think mm. that might have even been the first year I ever played fantasy where they they went all the way to the, the or the, what was it? The, um the bounty gate. Yeah. That was the year. I can't remember who was, who was good that year. I think I drafted all Vikings. I'm a Vikings fan. So right. yeah, I think it's been about 13 years for me, uh, for playing this game. Um, you know, as, as a content creator, I've probably only been here for about three ish years now, you know, I was doing articles, a few places. Um, you know, I started to appear on a few podcasts here and there, you know, big into the rookies, big into the college scene, you know, eventually I joined up with Brandon on this, this dashboard and, you know, the rest is kind of history, you know, it's been taken off from here and, uh, I really enjoyed being in this space. Thanks. I appreciate it. So Brandon, same question to you. And then, uh, you can lead that into telling folks about all the, the ways they can find, uh, uh your work and, and Corey's work as it relates to your, uh, your brand. Yeah. Well, I appreciate the invite as well. Um, yeah, I'm the old man of the group here. I have a feeling. So I've been playing uh, fantasy football a little longer than 13 years, uh, probably closer to 25. So, mm. um, you know, and I've taken the same journey that most people have taken uh, playing this great game, you know, with the redraft leagues and dynasty. And then I got into Debbie and uh, probably I've been creating content for about four or five years. Um, my first love is has been making game films and recording films. I was um, and how I really got into that was uh, with the frustration level of just seeing highlight films. It was very rare that you could go on YouTube as YouTube was getting more popular, really finding any in-depth film breakdowns, um, except, you know, the six, seven minute uh, highlight films. So that's how I got started in the content creation. Uh, about three years ago, I started the Debbie dashboard because when I got into Debbie, I started off with a Google Doc, like a lot of people do, to keep their players organized with a lot of links and stuff like that, and came across this program and developed it. And um, you know, I, I, it's been my baby for a few years. It's been it's been great. It's uh, basically a, a new. Um, it's been, I, I like to call it a research center for Debbie mm. players. Um, and you know, you're a part of it. You've experienced it, where you can really go in and look at databases, all you know, broken down in every way you can imagine. Uh, with the, with the ability to do some research on players. And uh, so I have a YouTube channel. I've got a podcast myself called the Debbie Deep Dive Podcast. I'm on episode 120. I just recorded it a couple of days ago. And I have enjoyed the podcasting and, and all of it. It's been great. I try not to be too, I try not to take it too seriously. This is a secondary job for all of us in this mm. fun Debbie space um, and fantasy space. So like I said, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Um, 
and I uh, hope you've enjoyed the uh, content that I've provided. Absolutely. So uh, before we, we move on, just uh, can you tell folks uh, how to reach out to you and what they get for uh, their uh yeah, sure. So, I mean, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Debbie Deep Dive, um, and you can reach me on you know, if you listen to my podcast via email as well, uh, bjlejeune at gmail.com. I'm not a Patreon guy. I'm kind of, I don't like getting monthly fees and being charged monthly. So, I kind of do it through Venmo or PayPal. But mm-hmm. um, basically, all I ask is, do you buy me a case of beer? Is kind of my tagline for 25 bucks for a year worth of access. So, I always like to feel as though I do my best work after a few beers. So, <laughs> Um, so that's kind of, you know, it's, 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 it's a good product. It's, um, if I have a Slack chat, Corey's well aware of that as well. You're well aware of it as well. You know, I wanted to create an environment outside of Twitter as well. We have a lot of new people who Mm. reach out, who are trying to get into Debbie, who maybe not don't feel comfortable on Twitter and they want that more intimate, you know, um, kind of experience with a bunch of great guys. So, um, it's, it, you know, reach out if you're interested, everybody, but, um, I'm excited to talk about some rookies today. Right on. So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, uh, process first before we get into each position. Maybe we can just kind of take a a, a quick hit here. So first of all, uh, uh, Brandon, you're a a film guy and maybe a little Mm -hmm. analytics, right? Uh, yeah, I'm probably uh, 75, 25. Um, so um, more I, like 90, 10. Come on. No, no, no. Stop it. Now stop. It. You pipe, <laughs> you pipe down over there. Um, but uh, yeah, so Corey's done some film grinds with me. Yeah, I, I feel like the traits that you see on the field um, are, are take precedent over numbers for me. And my thought process on that is that there's so many players that have big, large production profiles, um, you know, that don't hit our dynasty rosters. Um so I really feel like the environment of which these college players play really has a role in their success, in their you know their uh, production profile, in their analytical profile. So I really hone in on the traits and the skill level of the player in the environment that they're in. I really feel um, that that is what most NFL scouts do. And in fact, I, I have some contacts in scouting, not that I'm a scout by any means. And I've always asked them, you know, how much analytics are taken into the, the the drafting and it's it's not a lot compared to what it's still the basic film grind and to, to see what individual traits players have and are those translatable traits to an NFL offensive scheme. Um, so that's kind of where my, you know, where my heart lies is really just kind of watching film to see if I think they've got the skill set to make it to our dynasty rosters. Cool. Uh, that's that's great. Thanks so much. Just uh, real quick, uh, co-host Jesse uh, has arrived. Uh, say hi. Hey, how you guys doing? Thank you for your patience. I appreciate it. The uh, yeah. Beltway was no joke tonight. That's for yeah. sure. Good to yeah, see so you, Jesse. Good to see you. Yeah, We're, nice to meet uh, you, gentlemen. Pretty much about to move on uh, to the uh, positions. Uh, so, uh, Corey, why don't you start off uh, at, at quarterback? Um, you know, I've heard that uh, people don't like this group. I've heard people say it's an underrated group. Uh, sort of, um, I've seen a wide variety in the rankings, and, and from what I can hear, there's no clear cut number one. Uh, so uh, maybe address that and then maybe give me a, a couple of your top guys. Yeah, you know, I don't disagree, I guess. You know, it's, not, it's probably not the flashiest class compared to what we've seen uh, before. You know, I've been higher or lower on these guys at different points throughout the career. You know, one of the benefits of being a Debbie guy, too, 
is a, we've been watching all of these guys since their their first years in college. I mean, some sometimes even in high school, we were we were already getting these guys and and getting a good look at them. So you you know we we have a pretty good feel about a lot of these guys, I think. And you know the NFL buzz hasn't been really great at either for a lot of these guys. You know, even the Senior Bowl, it almost brought more depressing uh, reports than it did uh, positive ones. You know, but chances are that we are going to get you know a starter or two somewhere in here. It's just it's just a matter of figuring out who. And you know, the fact that there's no clear cut one, I think that just speaks to the class as well. You know, it also depends on what you're looking for and how much risk you're willing to take. You know, do you want to take the the rushing upside with Malik Willis, even though he's you know more of a project, uh, the entire body of work might not be as pretty, you know, or a slightly smallish prospect in, in, in corral, you know, but a guy who's got better every year might have the best arm talent of the class, you know, Pickett's only got the one solid year production. Are you okay with that? Did, mm. did Howell's final season worry you, you know, there's, there's a lot of questions about a lot of these guys um, behind the curtain, you know, and um, you know, for me personally, um, I've always been a corral supporter. Um and, and, you know, him not going to the senior bowl was probably in his best interest. Cause I think he kind of came out looking a little bit rosier because, because a lot of the, the, the reports weren't so good, you know, but, but he was a five-star guy. Um, you know, there's, there's improvement I've seen from him over, over the, uh, the past two years. He really only started the, for the past two years, got a little bit of playing time in his sophomore year as well. But, you know, um, he really cleaned up the decision-making, which is something I wanted to see, you know, from 14 interceptions to five interceptions this year. Um, you go and you look back at last year too, the 14 interceptions he had, you know, 10 of them even came only from two games, which, which is a little crazy when you think about it, but you know, he, he had a tendency to play some hero ball in some tough games and really just sling it out there trying to make something happen. But, you know, he really cleaned it up this year, dropping down to the five and still keeping a lot of a lot of the same talent, you know, and it's the arm talent that really, that really sells me on this guy. You know, I've often made this, this comparison and it's not a bad thing, even though his year was kind of whatever, but, but he kind of gives me, um, Zach Wilson vibes, but like the SEC 2.0 version, which is, you know, a better version of Zach Wilson in a sense. And it's the off platform throws. It's, it's the easy arm strength, um, it's being able to make all the throws across the field. It's the mobility, you know, he's, he's got that, you got that moxie, you know, he's kind of like that guy you want to have leading your team. I think, um, you know, tough attitude, you know, he's a little bit small. Like I mentioned before, when we were talking about, you know, he plays in a QB friendly system. So there's going to be a little bit of transition, Mm. um, when coming to the NFL, but the NFL is adopting a lot of these college concepts and playing their offenses around the strengths of these quarterbacks that are coming in. So, you know, I think he has a good shot at making an impact and, and, and quite possibly being the first quarterback off the board. Right on. Uh, uh, Brandon, to you, uh, how do you feel about the class and who's uh, who's maybe your top guy? Yeah, that was, uh, I think, a very, very good breakdown um, by Corey. I mean, I, I think the looking at the mock drafts right now, the NFL scouts are telling us that, you know, I think they're all very nervous with this class. You know, I'm not sure that there's probably going to be a day one starter in this class. And um, I think there's a wide variety of um you know, players. I mean, Carson Strong is somebody that really wasn't mentioned by Corey as just another kind of player who, you know, has that Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Ryan type feel to him, you know, the lack of mobility, but the bigger arm. But I think what it's going to really come down to the things that we don't know about these players is just, um, you know, their ability to read the field, the, the ability to, um, you know, make, see the field, react and, you know, put the ball in the placement where it needs to be. I think, is uh, really what it's going to come down to, obviously, for the success of these quarterbacks and all quarterbacks. And the NFL right now is just so starved for quarterback play. I'm, I love watching mock drafts, and I have seen the, the quarterback starting to kind of creep up in that 10, 12 to 15 range. 
Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if it, it gets to the seven or eight and there's some teams that aren't leapfrogging, you know, moving up, trying to get one guy on their board. I think that we're going to end up having one or two of these guys possibly make it to our dynasty rosters. Um, five or six, I, I don't believe that it's going to happen with this class because I think the NFL right now is telling us last year when we were in this position, uh, the trade Lances, the Zach Wilsons, they were all at the top of the board, right? I mean, they were all kind of going to be top five picks. And uh, NFL, I mean, quarterbacks to me are the hardest position to scout. And I kind of let the NFL... Um, you know, scouts, the people who do it for a living kind of really determine who is going to be the guy. So, I mean, I think we're going to have four or five first round okay. uh, players. And, um, you know, I think we'll get one or two that hit our dynasty rosters. My favorite personally, I think I'm, I'm right now, I'm going to probably lean towards Kenny Pickett. I think he's getting the most buzz right now. I think he's got the bigger size at 6'3", 220. He's the tallest of the class outside of Carson Strong. I know there's people worried about his hand size, but I think mm. what he showed, just like what Zach Wilson showed last year, his final year, I think is enough that I think he's going to end up probably being the first quarterback taken off the board. Right on. Uh, Jesse, uh, why don't you uh, jump in here? I think you probably have uh, started a little more rookie research uh, than I have. Any thoughts about uh, what they had to say or, 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 uh, or about the quarterbacks in general? Yeah, absolutely. First and foremost, Brandon, uh, I just have to uh, commend you for your background. I know this is a podcast and people can't see behind you, but uh, go Birds. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, so what I'm starting to think is that this is such a class for bargains because if you, if you really, I mean, it's all good to me, it's all going to come down to draft capital. Like I, I agree with Brandon that I, I like to, I like the NFL to tell me what they think about players. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to know who they are, what their traits are. Right. But then I want the NFL to tell me what they think of them. Cause that's going to determine playing time. Right. That's going to determine who gets a, a shot right off the bat. So we have four or five quarterbacks in the first round, especially if they start to fall down in the first round. From a dynasty perspective, these guys are known to hold their value, right? Whether they're good or not. So if you can, if you see guys like Pickett, who personally, I, I, I'm starting to see him as I work a lot off comps. So I know a lot of guys in this space don't really like comps that much, but I work because it just helps my brain. Right. And I think it helps the, the lay person, which I kind of am. I'm not a film expert, not an analytics guy. Uh, I'm a dynasty player. Right. So um, I'm starting to see Pickett as kind of a David Carr. Right. Which mm-hmm. if I can get David Carr in the late first round of a dynasty draft of a super flex dynasty draft, then I, I see that as as money. Right. I see that as money in the bank because whether or not this guy really performs for his career and is really somebody I want to keep on my roster. Really, it doesn't matter in the dynasty buy sell game, right? Because as soon as he hits the field as a fantasy starter, he's automatically worth more than I paid for him. Right. So that's how I'm starting to see some of these guys. Uh like I said, it's gonna it's gonna depend so much on draft capital. Um but I, I'm really starting to like later picks in, in, in this in this draft because of that. Yeah, um, and we're just going to uh, – we mean Derek Carr, don't we? Did I say David Carr? I think you did. I do that on a constant I don't want to be that guy, but there's somebody, <laughs> there's somebody listening saying, it's Derek, it's Derek. <laughs> I'm an old man. <laughs> okay. 
I'm horrible with names too. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right on. So uh, I guess this one to uh, we'll we'll start. Uh, we'll start with Jesse first. You just got here. Uh, is there anybody like lower down on the list, a lesser known uh, person? You know, we we kind of all have heard of you know Pickett and uh, and Corral and Howell and all that. Is there is there a, a guy lower down that might uh, might be a, a a guy to look at moving forward? As far as quarterback goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have any sleepers yet. Yeah. So okay. except mm-hmm. for, you know, except for question strong, Brandon already threw him out there. Yeah. I am trying to figure out whether I think he's Ben Roethlisberger or if I think he's Kyle Trask. Mm, yeah. So, you know, um, that that's where I am with him right now. So he's sort of a sleeper. If he gets, if he somehow gets like a late first round draft capital, then he's absolutely in play. If he gets second, round draft capital he's in play in, in the second third round of dynasty drafts in my opinion okay uh cory to you uh, a lower ranked uh guy that you're you're high on or maybe that's not it this year uh yeah you know i i do like the carson strong uh take as well um me and brandon actually had a show a little while ago where we had katie flowers um on, on yeah. our show and she was talking I'll watch that yeah yeah she was talking about the senior bowl she actually had gone there and uh she didn't have very glowing report to say about strong, which I was surprised. I thought, you know, he was going to possibly have the best arm there, uh, show it off, be it pop out and people be talking about it. But I mean, she even called him Carson week at one point. She was, I don't know, she was saying she, she <laughs> wow. doesn't know if it was, if uh, he was just forcing it too much or what, but balls were fluttering on him, inconsistent accuracy. So I was surprised to hear that, but, um, but anyways, I mean, I'll go for a little bit of deeper guy just because, you know, we got to have some guy to go out there to talk to. And, you know, th- he's, um, this guy's going to be from Western Kentucky, um, guy by the name of Bailey Zappi. He was at the oh, senior yeah, bowl. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. interesting. He's a really interesting guy. He probably projects as a backup, but you know, he, he's the type of backup to me that, you know, could maybe be like that Gardner Minshew, the new Gardner Minshew who comes in and, and could possibly play well. It doesn't have any crazy elite trait, not crazy arm strength, anything like that, but someone who can, who can do really well. I mean, he tied the NCAA uh, record for, uh, for touchdown passes of 62. You know, he was just shy of 6,000 yards this year. So he was wildly productive. I mean, he's an interesting story too. I mean, he was a guy who played in FCS at, at Houston Baptist. Um, then him, his offensive coordinator and two wide receivers all transferred to Western Kentucky and kind of carry their whole offense together with them in this, in this, in this air raid, a friendly offensive scheme, you know, he was typically like a, like a quick read quarterback at the ball, a quick, um, not one to go through a lot of progressions or, you know, or, or deal with, with pressure a lot. He played behind one of the best offensive lines in the country. So, you know, there, there's nothing guaranteed with this guy. Um, but it's just someone that I just kind of wanted to bring your attention to someone who might get taken more in, in on the day three, somebody who could be an interesting backup for a team. You know, I don't know how much you want to spend a dynasty pick on this guy, you know, maybe someone you're going to keep for watch on the waiver wire and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But, 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 you know, I'm not, I'm not, he's not guaranteed anything, but he's just a fun story to root for. I think. And I like him because his last name reminds me of uh, Frank Zappa. Uh, (laughs) Brandon, uh, to you, uh, is there a guy past the first four or five that you kind of uh, have a crush on? Uh, Not really, but I think uh, if you've got listeners who are maybe new to the QB class heading their way on dynasty teams, I think one name that hasn't been mentioned was Desmond Ritter, Mm. Um, you know, Cincinnati Mm -hmm. quarterback. Uh, He's probably the last one, um, you know, 6'4", 215. So he's got that size. He's got a little bit of mobility as well. 
Um, you know, he had plenty of games where he rushed for 30, 40 yards. So he brings that dual threat ability. So I think he's definitely a day two pick without a doubt. I mean, I've seen nothing to indicate that he would be a first round talent, mm-hmm. um, but he might be somebody a, a, a team will take and develop similar to Zappi that he, you know, Corey just spoke about somebody who could be a good backup who, you know, might be able to fill in if given the opportunity. But I, I just don't have any, it's so hard to come up with a quarterback sleeper mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's just so rare. I mean, yeah. Yeah. David, like Davis mills. Right. I mean, everyone's wondering, is he the real deal or is he a flash in the pan? So, um, you know, I think, uh, Carson strong, I think, uh, Ritter could maybe be a mills next year, a guy that gets, you know, middle day two draft capital. The NFL is absolutely starved for quarterbacks. So, Teams are going to take a swing with some of these guys if they see some at least some traits they think they can develop, and um, you know sit on the bench for a year or two to possibly um, you know make it on their uh, make it on the field someday. But yeah, right I've on. got no sleepers really. Yeah, we can talk some other time about my crush on on Davis Mills. Jesse knows all about it. Uh, um, so <laughs> let's yeah. <move> to <laughs> sorry Actually, the, the, the trio of Mills. Oh. Nico and Brevin Jordan, I'm like obsessed with. And so it's pathological at this point. <laughs> I got to, I got to figure out there's got to be a league. I have Bre- Brevin Jordan. And uh, I know I don't have any Davis Mills or Nico Collins, but there's got to be a league. I have Brevin Jordan and I can trade him. I, I've got a few shares of him too. I mean, he showed some pop, you know? Yeah, he, he did. He yes, wasn't, he wasn't absolutely. Bad. Yeah. You finally got on the field a little bit, but yeah, he's a, he's a guy too. That's uh, that's on a couple stashed on a couple dynasty rosters of mine. So, uh, Brandon, I watched the uh, uh, top 10, uh, 20, early top 10, 2022 uh, running backs video uh, of yours. And uh, from what I can tell, there's like maybe a top three and a drop off. Why don't you start us off on, on running backs and, and maybe tell us uh, what the class looks like and who's a, who's your my guy, I guess. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is kind of similar to last year where there are the top three guys. I mean, my top three are Brees Hall, Spiller, Kenneth Walker. Um, you know, I, I think they're probably most top threes of most Debbie analysts and fantasy and guys getting ready for the rookie drafts. And they all got the, the requisite size of, you know, uh, over 210 pounds. They all have the ability. I mean, Brees Hall, I really like his vision. I like his pass catching. I like his um, ability to create space for himself. I think he's a smart player. Um, Kenneth Walker certainly had a rise uh, going to Michigan State. Good decision for him getting out of Wake Forest. He certainly rejuvenated his career. So I think all three of them should be the first three backs taken. Um, I think after that, I think there's going to be some really interesting picks um, in the draft. I think, uh, I think after that, it's really what you're looking for. There's a, there's a really good blend of, um, you know, bigger backs that've got like the 215 size. And then there's, you know, got smaller guys uh, like, um, you know, Kyron Williams, Tyler Batty, James Cook you know, that are going to probably be more third down backs. They might be able to spell a, a, you know, a, a, you know, the RB one on that team, if in fact they get hurt and, and, you know, run a few games here and there, but, but there's, I think, I think it's a decent class. I mean, I I think right now everyone's really down on the running back class, but I think we're still going to get four or five guys that are going to make it to our dynasty rosters. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I can see the top three getting an opportunity if they get on a land, uh, they land on a team that really, you know, needs a running back, Miami, Atlanta, um, Mm -hmm. The foul, the um, the Cardinals. That'd be a great landing spot where they might get the run early on. Um, so, but I, I think there's a lot to like in this class as far as some depth guys, and I think we're going to get four or five guys that that we can consistently, you know, bank on on our dynasty, you know, rosters next year. 
Okay, why don't we slice two carrots with one knife, which is the vegan version of two birds with one stone. And uh, <laughs> give, me, oh, give me your, uh, your is there, where's, where is there like a, a guy, a lower ranked uh, that, that you, you have your eye on that maybe some people aren't talking about? You know, I like Tyler Algier. I've always been a Tyler Algier guy. I think he's been super productive. He's a converted uh, linebacker who's only played really two years full time as a running back. I mean, he's got the, you know, the good size, 5'11", 220. I worry about his lateral movement just a little bit, but nonetheless, I think he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, Tyler Batty is a smaller player. Uh, you know, he's 5'9, 199 pounds. So he's a little smaller, but I think he's got the, you know, the BMI, the, the toughness, the thickness to, to potentially be a really solid third down back, a, a nice complimentary piece. You know, hopefully he lands in a spot where there's already an RB1 that is, you know, handling the majority of the carries and he can come in um, and, and get some run, you know, on third downs. But, you know, James Cook is a guy I'm going to look into a little bit more. I mean, he is really high on a lot of people's lists. I mean, I think he could be an underrated back. He's, you know, he's the smaller size, 5'9", 5'11", 190. You know, most of the time when it comes to running backs, I'm a size matters when it comes to running backs. I mean, typically for you to be an RB1 on a team, you need to at least hold and carry 210, 215 pounds. There are a few players right now in the NFL that are less than that that get run you know, pretty much all three downs, but um, I'm going to say Tyler Algier is probably one of my guy. I think uh, Hassan Haskins is a little underrated. He's going to be um, starting to cut up film on him to do a film grind. In fact, Corey, he was a guy I was going to reach out to you to see if you wanted to uh, take a peeksy with me. Um, so I, I think there are some, you know, some decent backs later in this class that are going to be, you know, third, fourth round, fifth round rookie picks in our dynasty rosters. Yeah. Uh, and uh Corey, to you, running backs. Oh uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Brandon pretty much covered the top there. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. For for me, I am I am a really big Brees Hall fan. I've, I've I've been following this guy since he was a recruit, so he's in my tier one alone. I think he's got everything you're going to want from the position: good athleticism, he's versatile. Um, played he played a lot outside in uh, high school and showed off some really good hands while at Ohio State too. I mean uh, Iowa State, sorry. Um, production meets all the thresholds i mean this guy just seems like like for for me the complete package of this class whereas i have some questions maybe about spiller and i have a few questions about walker you know even the size with walker i'm not sure if he's really that size i'm a little bit worried about the suddenness and and the athleticism of spiller so um there are a few questions there so i do have Brees in in a tier of his own and like brendan said there there is quite a drop off after those three rankings are all over the place Mm. once you get past those those guys and i I think you're going to get it different from everywhere but the one guy that i've really you know, attached myself to, and I even got Brandon a little bit on board. <laughs> it was a guy by the name of Jerome Ford from Cincinnati, mm-hmm. yeah. um, okay. 5'10", 209 pounds he weighed in, and he was listed at like 220. So there was a pretty big discrepancy there. Um, I'm okay with the 209. Maybe he slimmed down a little bit for, for testing purposes, whatever. Maybe his playing weight's more around 250. And I never thought he looked 220 anyways, so I'm not too surprised. Um, but yeah, this, guy, this guy's a pretty versatile guy, um, played wide receiver in high school, was actually led his high school team as a wide receiver so when, when he came into college he kind of took a little while to to get his runner's legs underneath him you know he actually was uh, recruited by Alabama uh was playing at Alabama behind uh Najee and Damian Harris um so he had a hard time getting on the field um being a little bit of a raw runner so he ended up transferring over to Cincy eventually had to wait his turn but but he had a really explosive year you know he's a very sudden player the speed is extremely evident 
I found his vision really, really nice uh, going from uh, year one to year two with Cincy, really well developed, became more natural runner. Um, I don't know how many, how much you guys pay attention to, to track times or whatever, but he ran a 10, a 10.500 meter time, which is elite speed. I mean, people who run 10.500 meter times in, in track are usually four low four, four athletes, sometimes uh, high four, three athletes. So uh, I'm really intrigued to see what kind of time he could end up testing. Um, me and Brandon actually did a film breakdown on him. He did a whole profile on him, actually. Great video. I, I would urge you to check it out on Brandon's uh, YouTube uh, page as well. Um, I know his analytical profile won't shine because rarely he only has the one year of production. But, you know, he's, he's somebody I've kind of attached myself to and somebody that uh, I'm hoping gets a chance somewhere to show off his abilities. Really kind of what, what I think the NFL wants. A guy who can get out in space, a guy who can make people miss, a guy who has a little bit of power to drive people. So, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to see what, what Jerome Ford can do, you know. And the only other guy that I'll, I'll throw out there is a little bit deeper. This is maybe a shot to take in your third and fourth rounds. Guy who went to the East West Shrine game, a uh, guy by the name of Keontae Ingram. Um, had, a, had a pretty sneaky good season last year. I know a lot of people don't stay up for the Pac-12 games. And, yeah. and you know, USC wasn't really known for their run game. Um, but, you know, if you, put, if you put some thresholds on PFF at, at 100 attempts, this guy had the highest rushing grade of the whole class which was surprising to me i didn't even realize that even if you take away those thresholds at 100 attempts he's the third overall in the entire class you know he's 15th in yard or 15th in yards after contact at 31 yards or 31 rushes over 10 yards uh which was 10th in the class you know he almost averaged six yards per carry and and you know he had a pretty pretty sneaky good year for the trojans and i just hope this guy can find find a place and get on the field but he really has a lot of the tools that he could take over you know if somebody got injured or whatever that he could see a three down role in the nfl i think Okay. Jesse, dynasty guy, what are you, what are your reactions to what you're hearing or do you have any questions yourself about? Yeah, that? lots of, <laughs> well, I have some questions and um, can I throw out a, a, like a deep sleeper? Cause I want to hear what sure. these guys have to yeah. say. So Absolutely. this is a weird one and it's super, super deep. And it's just, it's not someone that I think is going to have a, like, like, um, like you just said, a three down role, but somebody that I think might have a short yardage goal line role in the NFL because of the massive, um, girth on this man is Master Teague. I'd like to know if you guys think mm. that he could possibly be, you know, a goal line specialist, the third back on the team. Do you, do you think he's got a chance to be that? You know, someone um, I might take with a fourth, fifth round flyer. I think that you would be wise to choose someone else. Okay. <laughs> I mean, just too slow. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be smart or anything. I just think that there's, I think so many, I would rather you, you focus maybe trying to get Brian Robinson, right? Somebody mm. like that who might, I mean, Master Teague has gotten zero buzz. I've not heard anything about him, and he just didn't look all that elusive and, and bursty at all at Ohio State. So uh, probably, I mean, me personally, I think that there'd be a lot of other backs, Rashad White, Damian Pierce, a lot of other options out there. Okay, so you just, you just hit on my next question. Um, so despite being into Debbie Leagues and a C2C League, um, I miss guys a lot because I just don't, I can't pay an, uh, as much attention to college as I'd like. So uh, I, tra- Brian and I made a trade where. Yeah, that's right. I was just thinking that when he said that. I ended up getting Rashad White and it made me start looking at him because I, I had no idea who he was when I traded for him. So like I had to <laughs> ask some Debbie friends, um, you know, is this a guy worth trading for? And, you know, I got pretty positive feedback. And then I looked at um, some highlights and he, he looks like a pretty good back. What do you guys think about him? Is he worth a high to mid second round dynasty pick if he gets second day draft capital? 
I think if he gets if he gets second day draft capital, I mean that that's probably a pretty good good thing in his in his direction for for his dynasty value, anyways. Um, with, with the depth of this class and not knowing where anybody goes, when you're going to get that kind of capital, that's that's probably somebody you're going to want to take a take a shot on. But but me and Brandon, <laughs> we actually did a video review on him. Something I would urge you to check out as well, where okay, we kind well. of broke it down a little bit. Um, we weren't uh, with. Without being too pessimistic, I guess here we weren't too um, impressed with his running style. I guess um, very tentative player, um, you know, kind of slow approaches the line. Uh, Brandon even put together a nice cut up of of uh, him where he's where he's bracing for contact and he's constantly spinning out of it. He never drives through it, so it, it was nitpicking a lot of the time. Um, I will say he's higher than for me than he is for Brandon. I know Brandon is pretty low on him because I do think he has a lot of tools. It's a guy who is probably the one of, if not the best pass catcher in the class. Um, he's got a lot of it. He's got a lot of experience in pass pro as well. Very good pass pro. Um, he's a guy who's a little bit better right now, uh, getting on the edges, getting in elusiveness, getting in open space um, in between the tackles. I think his vision still needs a little bit of refinement, but he, but he's checking off a lot of boxes. You know, he's got size. He's got uh, dual threat ability. He's got pass pro. So he's going to be a guy that I think can get on the field pretty early, even if it's just a, in a third down role and maybe earn his way up or whatever. And, and the comp that I've been running with since you're a comp guy, uh, I kind of like them too. It, gives me, it just gives me a, you know, a, a kind of feel about them or whatever, or what I could think they could be in the NFL. And my comp that I've been running with is Tony Pollard. He, and oh, that okay. type, awesome. that that type of player who could could be a complement to somebody who's maybe more of the early down runner, the one, the one B to the one A, and could develop a little bit more like Tony Pollard has. Because I, I think a lot of us believe now that Tony Pollard could could be good if he were to actually get the, the workload. And he wasn't always that. He developed more being with the Cowboys and being a little bit in the NFL and being able to sit behind a guy like Zeke. And I think that would be beneficial for Rashad too. So right now I'm picturing him as a complementary player, but I do think he has some upside in the league if he can, you know, find his vision a little bit and and put it all together interesting thank you that that's a really good analysis i really appreciate that so i mean if he turns out to be you know tony pollard i'm i, I think i hit gold Definitely, but, uh, yeah yeah a comp i've seen is james white what do you guys think of that i think um, he, go ahead Brent. yeah i was gonna say i mean i i think that's gonna be his role i think he's gonna be the third down guy who's gonna become it's gonna be able to go in and spell um, you know, the, the full-time starter like James White and, and maybe be able to handle a few games if the starter gets nicked up and has to sit out a few games. I mean, my issue with him primarily is just his size at 6'2", 210. He's got a very odd build. He's, he's, he's a little taller than most running backs at that height. And usually running backs at that height are, you know, 230, something like that. So for me, just the way he runs with his pad level in between the tackles and he runs kind of upright, I think he's you know, that, that was just my concern. And I would encourage you to go to the, my YouTube channel and just watch the 20 minute video. There's like a full breakdown as well, but I I think Tony Pollard is a great comp. I think, you know, like Corey said, if he gets day two draft capital or early day three draft capital, um, if he got round four, five, six, seven, I'd probably start to get worried. But it does sound more of like, say, at best, a late second or a late second or third round dynasty pick in a super flex. I think so, unless he lands just in a gorgeous spot that mm-hmm. is just wide open vacancies for carries. Gotcha. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Thank you, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, uh, Brandon, kick us off with uh, wide receivers. Uh, is this class as deep as people say? And I th- I'm starting to think 
at least at the top. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, seen some variations uh, in the rankings. So what do you think of the class and who's uh, who's uh, your top guy? Um, I think the class overall has five or six, I think, receivers that could come in and potentially give us wide receiver three year one production. I think that we're all very spoiled with the Justin Jeffersons and the Jamar chases for the last two years. So I feel like there's this lens placed on wide receivers now that if we don't have one or two guys that are Jamar chases, Mm -hmm. that it's a, it's a bad class. And um, I just put something out on Twitter the other day of people to stop, you know, just downplaying this class that it's just horrible. Everyone thinks 2023 is this fantastic. And let's face it, 2023 has some great pieces and dynasty, you know, future assets. But as far as this class, you know, I'd like the top four or five guys that I have. I've got Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Burks, Drake London, and Chris Olave. Mm-hmm. I think they're all going to get day one draft capital. Um, and uh, I, I think they're all going to get an opportunity to, to contribute. Um, so I think the class has got some depth with Jahan Dotson. You got Pickens. Um, you know, it's got your smaller group of guys, Wandale Robinson. Um, you know, it's not super deep, but I feel that we're going to get five or six quality, you know, receivers out of this group. Okay. And, uh, any lower ranked guy that is catching your eye right now? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I've got a, a thing for Kyle Phillips. He's probably, if I get asked this question on any pods, uh, he's a long shot. He's around four or five round rookie draft guy. He's just a guy that I've always liked from UCLA. Um, you know, George Pickens, uh, very interesting. I'm just finishing up one of my film uh, grinds on him, go on my YouTube channel. And I, I have been, and Corey can attest to this, I have been a George Pickens truther for years. And as I like to always tell the group at the Debbie dashboard, always be open to be able to change your mind. I think George Pickens has all of the physical traits to be a great receiver. But what I'm seeing on the film after this film grind is just, I've got real concerns with his lack of effort on the, on the Mm. field on a regular basis. I mean, it's, it's really interesting watching him and all I cut up three games, three full, four full game films. And I'm going to say probably 70% of the routes he just really, I felt, didn't give a full effort. So he's a guy that I've, I'm now having a little bit of concerns on the intangibles that he has. Um, but uh, I got Jameson Williams as my number one receiver right now. Um, so he's somebody that I really like. I think his speed sets him apart from the rest of the top tier group. But uh, it should be fun to see where they all land. Right on. So we're going to uh, move to Corey and then uh, to Jesse. And then I have a specific wide receiver name that I, I want to ask folks about. So, uh, uh, Corey, um, who was uh, your top few guys? And is an end? Is there a lower ranked guy that that stands out to you? Uh, yeah, um, I think there's a lot of different types of guys in this class too. You know, you've got, you've got your prototype X's, your slot guys, your gadget guys, small guys, big guys, possession guys, speed guys. You know, a lot of guys who could fill roles that certain NFL teams are looking for. Um, I think right now, for my number one, I've kind of got a one A and a one B. Um, my 1A is going to be Traylon Burks out of Arkansas. You know, he's a big guy with a huge catch radius, strong hands. And this is a guy who wears like five triple X gloves. Like he has to get them specially made. So <laughs> this guy is make is snatching balls out of the air constantly. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are trying to say it's only been one year with him. And, you know, I've been watching this guy for a while. And ever since 2019, he, he's been leading Arkansas in receiving. Um 
it's just been a low volume offense and not a, a place that gets a lot of attention. You know, it's, it's, it's the body control with him. It's the, it's the speed as well. He's got great. He's got really good speed. He's got sudden releases. It's not all the time. There's, there's tape where, you know, some people want to nitpick his releases a little bit, but, but I think um, he's got a lot of speed of a quick first step. Um, he's a little bit raw in the route running, um, but I love the way they use him. A lot of people are even trying to say that this guy could be used like a Debo Samuel. And, and, and I can see it because when you watch his tape, they move him around the backfield, like a Tyreek Hill, almost sometimes they, they shift him from side to side. They'll put him in the backfield. They'll get quick passes out to him in space just to make a move. And, and it's impressive for a guy who's 6'3", 225, that can move like that. So this guy is, you know, kind of the, the, the epitome of, of upside which is what you want to see from, from, uh, from your wide receiver. This guy who could, you know, handle the X role, your, your next DK Metcalf type in a way, you know, someone who's a little bit raw, but, but shows all the skills of being, um, being that top guy and just wildly on the other side of it is Garrett Wilson from Ohio state. Who's going to be my wide receiver too, where this guy is just like, honestly, probably the most refined prospect in the class. Mm. Um, his route running is impeccable. We're talking about a guy who's, you know, can, can, can change his speed within a route is able to sell it. Um, very mature route runner, um, sells it with, with head fakes, um, moves very quickly, can, can burst, uh, get away from, from everybody can, can leave. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy jumps, honestly, 40 inches at the, at the combine. He, he, he's made some crazy catches, um, very good awareness, uh, awareness on the sidelines, um, the biggest thing is probably his size, I guess. Maybe some people want to point to, to his play strength. Um, you know, didn't, didn't make a ton of catches through contact, not one to kind of bulldoze through you or anything like that. But it, it's two opposite ends of the spectrum here. If you want, you know, the crazy upside with a guy like Traylon Burks, or if you want, you know, the ultimate refined safe pick in, in Garrett Wilson. Um, when it comes to guys who are, you know, maybe a little bit deeper for me, um, you know, there's maybe two guys I kind of want to mention here. Uh, I really like Khalil Shakir out of, out of Boise State. He's, he's a quiet guy. He's not a guy who's getting a lot of a lot of buzz. Uh, mock drafts are having him around the third or fourth round right now, which isn't which isn't too bad. He's you know six foot one ninety. He's very versatile. To plays out of the backfield, playing the slots, made some spectacular catches. You know he's got the he's got the wingspan of like a T Rex. So that's that's one thing that's not the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Um, but I still like him at the next level. Um, but, but the main guy that I've kind of attracted, this is deep. This is probably, you know, another guy for your fourth or fifth rounds for your deep draft. So if you want to mm-hmm. take a stash and that's Charleston Rambo, out of Miami, yeah. um, the NFL loves speed. Um, this guy definitely has it. Um, you know, he started his career with Oklahoma and, and Jalen hurts actually, um, on the receiving end of a lot of deep bombs from him, he transferred over to Miami where he, he broke the single season receiving record. Um, you know, he's averaging 125 yards per game over his last six games. He was a guy who really picked up during the year. They had, they had a quarterback change halfway through the year, which really kind of, kind of excelled him and, and made him go. He played at the East West Shrine game. So unfortunately the NFL is kind of already telling you how they value him, which is a little bit lower. You'd like to see a guy like that go to the senior bowl or something like that. But, but yeah, you know, he's a guy that I'm, I'm just watching to see, you know, the NFL loves speed. They love to be able to clear out the defense and, and uh, take away for their guys underneath and stuff like that. And I really think he can be a guy that could possibly go higher than we think. Right on. Thanks. I, I really appreciate that. I like the differentiation between the sort of, you know, big upside in Burks and the more refined prospect in Wilson. That's something that as, as somebody who is, you know, not great at uh, keeping it uh, up with college and who really doesn't start the rookie process till probably close to, like after combine, probably that's, that's, that's valuable information. Jesse, what are you hearing uh, here? Uh, Anything agree, disagree, any questions for them? 
Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to unpack here. I, so wide receiver is probably the position that I've done the most work on so far. Okay. Uh, I One thing, so a guy that has, didn't come up and, and is a huge name and everybody knows him so far, but I think it's sort of a combination of, um, you know, the upside, the big X upside and the, um, and the little bit more refined um, Garrett Wilson would be Drake London. Right. I so, love him. I love him. Yeah. I, I, I man, I, I, I just get huge, like number one wide receiver, number one X boundary receiver vibes out of this guy. I, I love him. Um, but so, but I want to get back to Traylon Burks because I think uh, he might be a little polarizing kind of like DK was, um, mm-hmm. but, but if I'm reading the situation, right. He's, a fair bit more polished than DK. Am I right? Yeah. I mean, DK wasn't asked to do a whole lot at Ole Miss either. It was a lot of streaks. It was a lot. And he spent a lot of time injured as well. So he was, he was kind of fairly raw coming into the NFL and you kind of saw it with his usage where, I mean, they were even doing the NFL next gen charts. And if you watch DK Metcalf's chart, like for his rookie year, his two first years, it was all to one side and it was all streaks, maybe a post here, maybe a something here. I do think Traylon Burks is definitely more versatile. And I think he might be a little, a little bit smoother of an athlete, at least laterally. Because DK has has the crazy deep speed and the crazy straight speed. He's, he's a powerful, powerful releaser. But Burks just has that versatility. You know, he he was a guy who returned punts even in in um, in college as well. He he was like top three, I think, in his freshman season for for returning punts. So he's got that versatility. So uh, I do I I see the parallels there between the two of them. Um, but I do think that that Burks could potentially be a little more refined or at least a little bit more versatile. He can be used in a lot more different ways for a team. So what, what I'm excited for is um, I, I heard a, I heard a stat where at his size, if he runs at the combine, if he runs a sub four, uh, sub four, four forty, I, I think there are only three other guys in history that, that had done that. Actually, I think it's four, but I can't remember the fourth, but it's uh, DK, Vincent Jackson and uh, Doriel Greenbacker. Right. Oh, so yeah. that's sort of a that's that's like a huge range right there. <laughs> you know, what yeah. what do you think about that as as sort of the range of outcomes for him? Is 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 DGB on the table? Could he wash out like that? I mean, is Vincent Jackson on the table? Could he be that level of of number one um, you know, top ten perennial wide receiver? I mean, I'll answer that. I, I think he absolutely can. If he comes in with a with, I mean, he's going to be a size speed specimen that the NFL is just going to, I think, really look at and think very, very highly of. Um, like Corey said, speed is the name of the game in the NFL. And if you've got a guy who runs that fast with that amount of physicality, and Corey's absolutely right, the versatility that they used with Burks. I mean, he was used on you know wide receiver screens and sweeps, and I mean he he's got the yak ability. He's he could be the full package. You know, I think the only knock on Burks that maybe some people have is his refined route running, mm. but that's something that I think can be taught. Like DK Metcalf came in was a little raw, like Corey said. I completely agree. Switching over to Drake London. It's funny, Corey and I have done so much work together last year <laughs> when uh, Drake London was a, uh, a sophomore. Um, he played primarily out of the slot. And, and Corey and I actually did a film that's on my YouTube channel. And we were really kind of down on Drake London at the time because I don't know, Corey, you can refresh my memory, but I think it was 95% of the time he pays, played out of the slot 
you know, mm-hmm. work, worked the zone coverages, you know, did some curl routes, did some stuff. And we came away thinking like, wow, I can't wait next year to see him with Omron St. Brown leaving him getting maybe playing a little X or Z receiver and seeing what he can do on the boundary, you know, in the vertical game, one-on-one press coverage. And I think he excelled admirably this year and just was looking at mock drafts today where he's the first guy off the board. So I really believe that this class between, you know, Wilson Burks in London, and I know Williams, I'm higher on him than most people. So most people probably Williams isn't even in that top three conversation, which I certainly respect. Nonetheless, I think all three or four of these guys will be solid wide receivers. And I think the, the everyone should be excited that they're, you know, they're not, like I said, there's, there may be not be a Jamar chase and a Justin Jefferson in this group, but there are some really good receivers that should be, you know, hitting our dynasty rosters. So, yeah, I, I have a lot more. So I, I um, want to be polite about this, but I do want to go back and press you a little more because I want to, I want to get the true range of outcomes with him. Is it possible that he would, he could wash out like DGB? Well, I, I don't have a crystal ball. If he can, let me tell you, if he can, I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I like trying to establish what the floor is for him, I guess. Yeah. I, I think if he can get off press coverage and he can create space for himself, I think he has a very, very safe floor in the NFL. Okay. I, I think really the one do. thing that you couldn't tell with, with Doral Green Beckham too, was, was his, uh, his 10 cent head, right? There was a lot of stories coming out about his lack of effort in practices, lack of effort to learn. And uh, this guy was, I can't remember what college he came from or, or was it? Uh, I was just looking it up here, Missouri too. Right. Um, they're not specifically known for you know creating wide receiver talent or anything coming out of there. Um, His draft capital was only, it was the second round as well. So if we're seeing, you know, there, there are some things there from like, I know we talked about process before and I do include a little bit of analytics in mind. So there's a lot of things that, that on his profile were a little bit of red flags as well. Whereas Traylon Burks, if he gets the first round capital, um, got the production behind him, got everything behind him. I really think that he has, you know, a, a, a potentially more positive outlook than, than Doyle Green Beckham will have. Um, and, and it's the intangibles. This is Brandon's favorite fi- uh, phrase that he uses yep. all the time is the intangibles. And I really think that's what it is. It, it's the kind of mentality you're going to come in and work with. Doriel Green Beckham had every tool in the tool shed to become a, a prototype X wide receiver in the NFL. And he just blew it. He didn't let it, uh, he, he, he didn't capitalize on his opportunity. And that's really what Traylon Burke's going to have to come in and do. And, and it, we really don't know until we see what happens when he gets there. But, but I'm personally feeling a lot more positive about Burks than I did about Green Beckham. So awesome. uh, um, uh, the uh, uh, tight ends, we're not going to have to say too much about them uh, from what I hear. So I'm going to, I'm going to squeeze in a, in a question before we, we pivot to them uh, as, as, uh, as Jesse does, I dabble. Uh, in uh, some Debbie and, and C2C, a uh, little more over the last year or so. Uh, you know, uh, there's a, a bunch of reasons for that. I think one of them is just like it's like a new drug or anything. You know, it's like you're, sure. not, you're, not, you're not getting off enough on the one you're doing. You got to find something else. But um, <laughs> exactly. You know, uh, uh, so, is a gateway drug. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's the marijuana and to Debbie and C2C. Like, yeah. <laughs> C2C is you're, you know, you're just you're smoking crack in an alley somewhere. So uh, I guess my, my question is, I, I, was, I was going through this C2C roster because we were talking about a trade, and I saw this name. And I'm like, I think I've heard of that name. I, you know, I, I poked around a little bit. I saw like two different people call him a, that he's going to be the steal of the draft, right? I tried to get him. The person wouldn't, inc- wouldn't include 
a steal of the draft, not the steal of the draft. Person wouldn't include him in the trade. Uh, and then now I've seen, uh, I don't pay too much attention to it, but I think he's getting some buzz from the senior bowl. What do you all think about Jalen Darden? Jalen Darden. I thought you were going to say Christian Watson. Oh, okay. see, that was my was, next question was Christian I was, Watson. I was okay, gonna let's, say, let's, yeah, do, let's do Darden, let's do Watson. Okay, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. You know, I, I can't say that I've watched a lot of film on him, to be honest with you. So for me to speak about his traits, I'm not going to pretend yeah. to think that I really have. I just, I've heard no buzz about him at all. He could be like a Dwayne Eskridge from last year, somebody who okay. might be, you know, taken, you know, not nearly in the second round like Eskridge was last year, but um I can't speak to him. He was certainly productive in college, no doubt about it. Oh, I wait, just... I'm thinking, I'm sorry, Jaden Tolbert. I'm saying, uh, okay, that, okay. Yeah, that... I was, I was going to say, Jalen Darden's on, on he's already, he's already, right I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, complete brain fart. I'm sorry, that's it's, okay. Uh, it's 10 30 uh, Eastern, so yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, uh, that guy, Tolbert. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I did, a, again, a film review. You guys are hitting on all the guys I've done these rookie profile films on on my YouTube channel. Um, I'm, I'm a little just concerned about him with his competition level. I know he played really well at the Senior Bowl. Um, in my film review of him, I was concerned about his lack of separation and his, his lack of technique running um, and creating space for himself. Certainly, he's the bigger receiver. He's, you know, he played outside primarily. He's got a lot of those great, you know, highlight films of him catching 50-50 balls down the sideline. Me personally, I came away um, not very impressed um, you know, they, they, they call me the Debbie Reaper on the Debbie dashboard. It's a horrible mm-hmm. nickname I've gotten, but I'd like to try and pick holes in players instead of, you know, there's a lot of, I think people who just look at all these players and it's always, Oh, he looks great. He looks great. They look at the highlights, but in reality of all of these wide receivers that we're talking about only six, seven, eight of them most likely are going to really become consistent dynasty assets on our team. So he's one of these guys that, you know, will be a fourth round rookie pick fifth round rookie pick, maybe get into the late end of the third. If in fact he lands in a good team, I think he probably will get day two, day three draft capital. Um, so I may be wrong on my analysis of him, but nonetheless, given coming from, I believe the Sun Belt, there's not a lot of players that come from that conference that really end up hitting. And yeah. I, I think he's got a little bit of weakness to his, um, his technical route running for me personally. Okay. Uh, um, Watson, Watson. go. Yeah. So Christian Watson is a guy, obviously, uh, well, I don't want to say obviously, but anyone that paid close attention to senior bowl reports, um, there were a lot of glowing reports, Um, you know, went to North Dakota state. So obviously not a big school and not a lot of people saw him. What what do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, this was a guy that I went to go uh, take a look at, especially after all the buzz from the senior bowl. It wasn't really on my radar. Like you said, a lot of guys weren't paying attention to him. Uh, This was a guy who played with Trey Lance back at, at, at North Dakota state. Um, had to, had a big season with him and was well, pretty productive for them. He was their leading receiver for the past three years. Um, big dominator rating for a lot of, for a lot of you analytics guys out there, you know, I don't know how much weight you want to put into it with, uh, with a school like it with uh, North Dakota state, but um yeah, you know, to me, the positives of his game, of course, um, we're talking about a guy who has has very visible athleticism for his size. Um, I can't remember what his size is right now off the top of my head, but he's like, what, 6'4", 210 or, or something like that, somewhere around there, or 6'5", 210, and he doesn't look like it. He's a guy who can throttle down very quickly, um, burst out of, his, out of his stances very quickly, cut on a dime. I was very impressed with his movement skills. Um, now, when it comes to actually being a receiver sometimes – 
Um, I did find him a little bit wild in his route sometimes. Um, a lot of late hands catching the ball. Uh, a lot of just, just straight up letting the ball go through his hands. And I mean, you know, if you can't catch the ball <laughs> at the end, uh, that's you're not going to make it very far at the NFL, right? Um, so, 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 so uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned on that level, but I think a team is going to want to try to mold these skills. And I think that's why he's getting so much buzz, you know, may uh, there could be a little bit of a, of a comparison here. I don't know if you guys remember Hakeem Butler from a couple of years ago, which oh, yeah. is a guy who had, mm-hmm. who had for, out of Iowa state had a lot of athletic ability, um, you know, smash the combine. Right? Yeah. Big guy, a guy who ended up being like first pick of the fourth round, something like that. Never ended up doing anything in the NFL. We don't know any of the story behind that. I don't know. There hasn't been a lot of buzz about him, but I do picture him kind of like that, a very raw athlete who has a lot of the skills in his tool belt, but is going to need to be refined and, and work a little bit at the next level. But I, I am hundred percent certain that an NFL team will draft him. I don't know if it will be day two or early day three and, and want to try to mold those skills because I mean, let, let's face it. The NFL probably thinks they can do that, which is about anybody. Right so let's, uh, let's quickly move to tight ends from what I've been told. It's essentially two guys and nothing else. Uh, does anybody uh, want to take the, the lead and talk about tight ends there for a sec? This is your bread uh, and butter, Brandon. You go ahead, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, and the reason he's saying that is because I always say tight ends need love too, right? It's the position that everyone just passes on and, and, and I get it. Yeah. I mean, are there any, you know, everyone's got Michael Mayer in the mind next year. So everyone's kind of bypassing this particular class. I mean, you know, right now for me, it's Trey McBride, Jalen Wattemeyer, Greg Dolchich and Jeremy Ruckert, Isaiah Likely okay. are probably mm-hmm. the, the, the five in my top list right now. Um, you know, Trey McBride, I think at the senior bowl scored a touchdown. I think he got some really good remarks uh, from there. Jalen Wildmeyer, you know, playing in the SEC has been certainly productive. He's got the size at six foot five, two sixty five. Greg Dolchich is, is a player that I I've just liked. He's a little on the lighter side, played for UCLA. Um, probably not the, the best inline blocker, but certainly has the hands. And I think the athleticism with some can do some yak damage. Um, Jeremy Rucker, I think, is the real wild card. Great size at six foot five, two fifty. Ohio State never really used their tight ends with all those wide receivers in the room. So he's a guy that is kind of up there in, in a lot of lists right now that could potentially get, you know, maybe early day three draft capital. Um so, I mean, I don't know other than that, anybody else. I mean, I'd yeah. be, I'm thinking we're going to get maybe one or two guys. I mean, last year it was really Kyle Pitts and Pat Fryermuth, and it was kind of after that. It was, you know, and Brevin, I don't think, Brevin obviously, Jordan. obviously. Brevin Jordan. Brevin Jordan. Yeah. Um, obviously, <laughs> you know, but let, let's use Brevin Jordan as an example, right? Because well, I, mean, I, I had him kind of like higher in Debbie. That's right. Yeah, leading right. up to last year. And I think everybody did. There was like, he was that second tier after Friarmouth, right? He was the guy that, and it takes time for these guys to develop. So I think all of these players that we're looking at for the tight end ranks, I think we could put in the Brevin Jordan territory. I don't think any of them are going to come out and smash with six, 700 yards and have like a Pat Fryermuth type of production season might be, but again, landing spots matter. So we'll have to see if one of these guys, you know, land in a spot where they get the opportunity. Um, but I'm always going to favor the bigger tight ends, the guys that can block, because I think we've seen too many tight ends on the lighter side that we think look great in college. But if you can't man the outside, outside of a tackle and lineup and at least chip a, a linebacker or a safety, um, I just don't think you're going to get on the field much. So I think, um, you know, me personally, I'm always going towards size for tight ends. 
Okay. Uh, before we uh, uh, close out, Jesse, any uh, reactions or questions about tight end? Yeah, just three quick names. That just I'm curious if they'll even make an NFL roster. So James Mitchell, Peyton mm. Hendershot, mm. and Luke Kroll. Do you think these guys could possibly make an NFL roster and maybe in a few years be some sort of, you know, backup fill-in type of guy? Yeah, you you hit on some pretty deep names here. I believe mm. Crawl is the guy from Pittsburgh, right? If I'm not mistaken, who caught a lot of touchdowns this year, was catching a touchdown yeah. every game. Even though, yeah, even though the yards weren't racking up, but but yeah, I mean, put I, up I think, a lot of production this year. Yeah, I think tight ends in general. I think. Um, a lot of these guys can come just out of, out of the woodworks, out of nowhere. I mean, I don't even, and not a lot of people had George Kittle being a top guy, you know, and we've even got, you know, guys like Darren Waller who were uh, X wide receivers who, who convert or whatever. So you never know. And, and But um, in regards to the guys you mentioned, you mentioned the guy from um, Virginia tech as well was uh, James Mitchell, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very, very productive uh, beforehand had, I blew out his knee, I think at the beginning of this year. So, I mean, we didn't really get to right. see him this year. So medicals will probably be big for him to see what happens. And uh, who is the other guy you mentioned? Peyton Hendershot. Peyton Hendershot. I had him on a lot of Debbie leagues, actually. He was more of a receiving tight end as well. It was a nice weapon for Indiana from, from what I can remember. Um, I can't, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I looked at him way too much. Um, I know he's, he's been in my starting lineup in a couple of uh, college leagues and stuff like that. And there were, the production was there. I can't remember his, his size. Is he, the, is he a little bit of a smaller guy? I can't remember. 6'3", maybe? 6'4", six, six, 254. Okay, so he's not the guy that I was thinking of then for size wise, but uh, but yeah, I, I, all these guys I'm not too I'm not too familiar with, but I do know that the guys you're talking about him, all three of them in a in a sense were receiving threats on their team, so that's one thing that bodes well for for maybe their NFL um for, for their fantasy output anyways, not so much NFL. All NFL wants was blocking guys, so um, it, you know I uh, I think out of out of the three, my favorite is probably um. The Virginia Tech guy, James Mitchell, but I am worried about, you know, how he's going to test coming off the knee injury. I, th- I think it was an ACL, if I'm not mistaken, um, but he is invited to the combine. So we are going to get to see him test there. Um, and yeah, I, d- I do like crawl as that as that mismatch in the red zone. I don't think he's a, he's a speed guy. I don't think he's very he's crazy athletic or anything like that. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the lower end uh, of that scale. But uh, very good possession receiver, maybe someone who could be, a you know, in, in best case scenario, everything works out like, you know, like a Heath Miller type, you know what I mean? But but chances are all these guys are going to end up being just just death options and they'll be lucky to make a team probably. Yeah. OK. okay. Yeah, yeah, that was my that was my question. All right. I appreciate it. Yeah, this is this has been great. I hope people listening got some valuable information uh, for the incoming rookies. I know I did. Uh, I, I know Jesse did. Uh, I know uh, this is the time of year when the dynasty guys who are fumbling around with the college stuff come knocking on your door. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we're, we're really glad uh, uh, that you came. Oh, I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yes. thanks for having us. It was, it was so, a blast, guys. Uh, remind us where uh, we can plugs, plugs, plugs. Where can we find your work, Twitter handles, all that stuff? Um, again, this is Brandon Lejeune. You can find me at Debbie Deep Dive. Um, and I have a, my own podcast called the Debbie Deep Dive Podcast, where I focus on, you know, obviously Debbie players and do rookie profiles, as well as I have a deep kind of like my deep dive player each week to kind of keep it fresh. Um, if you're interested in my Debbie dashboard, reach, reach out to me on Twitter. I'll give you all the information and uh, I've got a great YouTube channel. Um, and I just actually posted a video today on, uh, pretty much breaking down exactly what the Debbie dashboard is and it's an entirety. And that's mm. called Debbie to dynasty football. Thanks for having me. Uh, Corey. 
Yeah, um, I'm at FF underscore guitarist on Twitter. Um, you can find me on there. I post rankings from every now and then. I'm all over the place a little bit. I do Dynasty Rookie Talk. I do deep Devi stuff. I do deep C2C stuff. So I got a lot on there, but I'll, I'll post all 22 films sometimes. I'll post a little bit of film review here and there. So mm. uh, a lot of good stuff coming out of there. Um, I am part of the Devi dashboard with Brandon as well. Um, you know, all credit to Brandon. He's the godfather of this thing. He He's a film junkie like myself. Um uh, amazing amount of film over there uh, anything you could ask for plus take requests anything you want to see i honestly think the best thing sometimes about uh about this heavy dashboard though is the chat which i think where you get just mm-hmm. valuable information from really smart people who you can bounce your thoughts off of you're in the middle of a draft whatever um i honestly think that's one of the best parts about it um you can also find me over at campus um Guy, a lot more focused on the college side there uh, of your C2C leagues and stuff like that. But but they're doing, you know, big things in this space. They're kind of they're kind of trendsetters in this space. Um, I just joined them about a couple of weeks ago, but I've been working with them behind the scenes to see. And they, they got a lot of a lot of things coming this way. So if you are interested in C2C, uh, Devi, even even Dynasty, that's another place you can go check out. Um, with another great chat, another, another bunch of smart people, but, uh, but yeah, you know, um, I was glad you guys had me on, you know, it's nice to finally meet you, Brian. I know we've been talking, right. we're in a couple of leagues together as well. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was good to finally uh, get on. Yeah, you're, I think you're in the league where people trash me for announcing that I was taking a nap when I was on the clock. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd trash you for that. Too. <laughs> that league is tough on guys, man. You make one yeah. wrong mistake. I just, I just stay to the background before anybody starts to pick on me, you know, but <laughs> uh, Jesse, where, uh, where can uh, we find uh, what you're, what you're doing these days? All right. So a little bit to cover here. So I just, I just followed both of you gentlemen on, on Twitter uh, because uh, you know, I, I, it's great to meet you. Uh, I'm always looking for Devi sources, so I'm not huge on Twitter. Um, so it's it's all this is this is huge for me. I'm gonna follow you guys. I'm gonna watch those videos you're talking about <laughs> on YouTube. I'm gonna watch the hell out of those videos. Actually, I gobble right. that stuff up. I love it. Awesome. So awesome. yeah, uh, I have a I have a parting shot, and I'm gonna tell you where to where where to find me. Okay. Uh, my parting shot is uh, I want to go back to George Pickens real quick um, <laughs> because I want to. I, I want to um, <laughs> fellowship with Brandon a little bit. Um, I feel like I felt like you were talking about um, Jalen Rager when you were talking about him a little bit, you know, like a little bit lazy has all the ability mm-hmm. in the world. And why the hell is this guy not producing? Yeah. I, I can't disagree with you. I, you know, I've watched Jalen Rager as an Eagles fan, the body language on the field this year for Jalen Rager after he would miss a catch, and drop a ball or whatever it was horrible. Even my wife who loves watching football was like, what's wrong with this guy? He's got no confidence. I mean, so it was like written all over the field, you know, when you watched him. So yeah, I mean, I'll be putting out a Pickens film on my YouTube channel. It'll probably drop Tuesday or Wednesday. So um, you're going to cool. see and I'm going to point out all the things that I kind of mentioned on this podcast about the, the laziness of which he runs routes is, is it was a lot more than I realized. So sure. it's, it's a little bit of a red flag for me. I'm not going to lie. Right on. Yeah. I, so that scares, that scares me to death out of a player. So I, I, that is awesome. I have not heard that from a single person before. Mm-hmm. It's an awesome analysis. I really appreciate that. Yeah, no so you guys can find me at DWZ underscore war games. Uh, I have a little podcast called dynasty war games and it, trust me, it's a little podcast. We are on the dynasty war zone network uh, with Memphis and Jerry Sinclair um so you know take a look we're a little bit different than most dynasty podcasts if you want to break from the 
um, from the mock drafts and the, um, you know, the lists and the, you know, kind of, you know, we got a lot of, we, we get a lot of podcasts every week in our feed that, that kind of have the same titles. Ours is a little different where it's, it's, we're going to play a game every week and we might play two or three games every week and we're having a competition on air and we're trying to learn about dynasty fantasy football. We're trying to learn about football in general and we're trying to teach each other as we go. Um, so I, I would love to have you gentlemen on at some point. Um, I, I don't need an answer now, but um, I just followed you <laughs> sure. with my, with that Twitter mm-hmm. account. So I'd love to have you guys on. Cause I think you guys could um, really teach us something, but at the same time, you're going to have some fun. Yeah. Right. It, it, that's, it. it, it is fun. Yeah, for sure. It's fun to listen and watch. And I actually appeared on the Super Bowl one and had a really dumb mistake uh, on the trivia and uh, lost. So, <laughs> uh, so uh, real quick, uh, uh, you can find uh, my uh, dynasty articles in the off season, uh, mostly on fantasy and I'm going to get back to doing a couple for uh, uh, dynasty pros as well. Uh, my rankings are in fantasy and uh, and uh, this show is at Dynasty Fever Pod. I am at FF Junkie underscore. And uh, tomorrow night uh, is, well, probably when maybe people might get around to listening to this, uh, is the uh, live debut of the new Fantasy and Frames Dynasty podcast called Dynasty 365. And I will be the co-host of that as well. And I probably have too much on my plate and should say no more mm-hmm. can't wait for that one <laughs> seriously can't wait for that one that sounds like a good podcast all right folks uh that's a wrap for us uh thanks for listening